10 years, three boys, one question, are we friends? Hello, and welcome to the podcast, the name and chorus sung by angels of which is Are We Friends? I am your co-host, Taylor. I am your co-co-host, Brian. And I'm Jorge. And this is a show where three boys who've known each other for ten years go through their interests one at a time, and then they share those interests with millions of people online to see if we are all friends, or if it's just some sort of inertia. This week is going to be a very special beginning of a tripartite super slamming episode brought to us by Brian. Brian, what are we talking about today? We are talking about my muse, my flame, (laughs) my one true romance, professional wrestling. You heard it, ladies. One true romance, professional wrestling, Brian Miller. (laughs) You heard him, ladies. The DMs are still open. (laughs) (laughs) And now the messages come flooding in. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Before we get started, as is tradition, I would like to talk about Taylor's intro. Um, (laughs) Today, I wanted, I was confused on whether he was trying to like burn time while he figured out what he was going to say. Or, I was a little think I'm thinking of that too. Yeah, or whether it was a very effective pump up. I forgot that it was pro wrestling, even though you just told me again. Uh, and I was imagining like Bugs Bunny and everybody running out onto the field of Space Jam. So I guess they don't call it a field; it's a court. It's a court. I know no. things. Field of Is it a Space wrestling Jam. court? I thought it was a wrestling ring. No, it's in ring. basketball, it's a court. Is He's it? Talking about the Space Jam was basketball, yes. and that was on a court. Space Jam wrestling is not pro wrestling. Takes place in a ring. It feels like it. To be honest, there's like. The level of shenanigans Bill Murray pulls alone in that you know, is definitely fucking... Space Jam really is the wrestling of basketball. They're so funny. God. I was, so I was, I was watching, um, speaking of people who announce sports on courts or rings, I was watching an interview with uh, Telemundo guys in, mm-hmm. you know, with captions on because I don't speak Spanish. Sure. But uh, okay. they talked about the art of like saying the word goal during mm-hmm. a football game. Uh, and it's oh, yeah. they, they talk about it like opera singers. Like no, 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 no. You have to, you have to sing it. It's not goal, goal. <laughs> like it is like a full throated, amazing production. Like God, you guys are cool. <laughs> One of the only uh, sports video games I spent any time playing is FIFA, and I absolutely switch it to Spanish language every time because then that's when you get the good. Do they do the go, salt- do oh, they yeah. go nuts? Yeah. It's just, they and they don't give it to you in English. You can. Uh, it looks so like they scored a goal. Congratulations. <laughs> I I am going to love uh, showing you guys Japanese wrestling if you guys like foreign commentators being over-exaggerating so much. Well, that's that's my people, you know. That's my very specific. I want, there's a reason. Of course, of course. Of I can course, also understand the commentators, so it's much more fun that's for me true. than that's true. everyone else. That's true. I mean, I just like the general electrification of the audience that happens during a Japanese game show. I can't imagine what they do with sports. Because <laughs> it's like people trying to put goldfish in bowls while they're dressed up as cats with, you know, like neon lights behind them. <laughs> wait, as who, wait, who's dressed up as the cat? The goldfish or the person? <laughs> it, 
take your pick. Literally, Either take one. your pick. Yeah, they're all variations on the theme. I literally do not know how many channels that Japanese television has, but it has to number in the thousands for the number of like variety of programs that I've seen. Yes, uh, they have some some good Spanish ones too. I just I flipped a channel one day and it was just everybody is yelling and there's a woman in a giant chicken suit running on a treadmill, like stumbling over the obstacles that there are, and she's just sobbing. Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! Um, speaking of Japanese oh. game shows, though, you know uh, Milgram's experiments, in which he had—I uh, don't want to go to the full thing—but he was basically made people no, think it. that they were electrocuting each other to death. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Where yeah, you press yeah. the yeah, thing, a, you have to. You know, yeah, yeah. a okay. sham of a psychology experiment. Uh, there's definitely has been a game show, wow, a Japanese a game show, in which they do that. That's I assume fucked. it, but I'm assuming they actually electrocute people because it's Japan. <laughs> No, I think it's also fake, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, thank God. All right, good. Well, no, because then how would they... Why would there be a game? They would know. They must be actually electrocuting each other. That's what it is. Oh, get- my <laughs> God. One of my favorites... God, if we're just going to get into some Japanese game show shit. Oh, yeah. No, um, please. <laughs> everyone is standing on a platform with a small crevasse between their legs. And oh, it's a, uh, yep. it's a trivia show. And everyone is sweating bullets in a way that people usually don't in a trivia show. And it's yeah, it's not clearly... the usual like tired or stress. Like it's real anxiety sweat. Yeah. And so, you know, commentator says a question and the first guy gets it and there's a dead silent pause and like circle <laughs> comes up like ding. And the guy oh, oh God. And there's some other question gets asked to the person next to him. Dead silent pause. Ding. And it's, you know, like a, you know, another circle. <laughs> another circle, yeah. Third person asks a question, gets a question asked to him. Dead silent pause. Arr! And then just this lever comes up and no. the guy like straight <laughs> in the testicles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, my God. Balls. Was... <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, uh, which was. is something I said a lot while we were watching these wrestling matches. That's a good. Yeah. Oh, God, Brian. By the way, there were 80 segues I was thinking of when we were talking about the ridiculousness of Japanese game, Japanese and Mexican game shows. <laughs> so I was just like, wow, wrestling has a lot to do with game shows. <laughs> yeah, you just don't yes, you really win anything. Al, my, yes. <laughs> so, Brian, you, you got to tell us, man. Like, okay, did you get it? How, you got into wrestling as a kid, right? Of course. That's how everybody. How and why? Any, Anybody who is a fan of wrestling got into it when they were a kid. I don't. They, if they say otherwise, they are liars. I. Uh, you know what? They're just liars. Um. I got. I was just watching. I really think I was just flipping channels, and it was on, and I was like, "What is this?" And just sat down, got absolutely hooked. I got WrestleMania 18 on VHS tape. Oh my god! I think I. I think I ground that thing into dust with how much I watched it. Who's the match between? Um, there was, oh, the the big marquee match was The Rock versus Hulk Hogan. It was Hulk Hogan's oh. first match back in the WWF or WWE um, in 12 years or something. And they were like, you're going to face The Rock and it's going to be the biggest fucking match of all time. <laughs> Where were your parents? Like you're just flipping through <laughs> the upstairs. channel and you watch this. They were upstairs. This. Okay. Yeah. They were upstairs. There you go. That's I used right. to I used to know a pro wrestling kid when I was in elementary school. He was like the the kind of mean redneck kid, you know, would be a That sounds about right. Would become That's a Henry Bowers type if he was bigger, you know? 
Um, and <laughs> if he could, he definitely had a toy of Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker. Um, and I'm realizing now that's when I should have gotten into pro wrestling. Dude, My whole life was, would be different now. <laughs> it's perfection for you. What I'm realizing now, not only about pro wrestling, but I have a theory of a my American childhood. Bear with me. Okay. There is a fundamental difference uh, between children who had a television in the basement and children who did not have the opportunity to have a television yeah. in the basement. Because <laughs> I know that, that so many things like HBO or accidentally mm -hmm. coming on Skinamax or watching pro wrestling, none of that shit happened to me because the only television was in was in like the living room for the monitor. longest time. And then like when we got a second television, it was like uh, like in another room like it wasn't he wasn't separated off in a basement in that way like where were my parents yeah you know, you know upstairs people in the future are going to think that the station's name was literally skinamax we're going to leave behind no <laughs> record of it being called <laughs> no. anything but exactly like there's no it's just going to be skinamax then i'll be like i don't understand the archives only know this anecdotally there's no formal company name of skinamax <laughs> um yeah i don't know about that i that that makes sense to me. Am I? I think that that's the key is that the TV be separated from the prying yes. eyes of parents. It was an element mm -hmm. of freedom. There was an element of danger to it. Like you were you were watching something you weren't supposed to. Um, yeah, because if, if your parents yeah. came down and saw those two sweaty beefcakes rubbing all over each other, oh, they <laughs> or just the amount of times that like. <laughs> I'm going to fly <laughs> off the stage and beat you in the ear 20 yeah. times in yes. a row in my exactly. tights. Like, I love I, I'm going to pick you up and drop you right on your balls. <laughs> right. It's just so much ball torture. It was either, <laughs> it was either basically the rules for most matches are the most effective move in a match where you can get disqualified is dropping your opponent on their head or neck, preferably both at the same time. Isn't that the Undertaker's signature a, move? Exactly, that's the tombstone. You just drop them right on their head. Um, or if it's a match where you cannot get disqualified, hit them in the testicles as many times as possible, hoping that they quit and never want to fight again. Right. First one to lose a ball loses. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we all that's we all right. watched a little bit of pro wrestling together. Um, Brian, I actually don't know what we watched. What was that okay. first thing? That was WrestleMania so go number thirteen. Holy shit. Fucking congratulations, new heavyweight champion yeah. of memorization, Jorge Vargas. Um, we're going to go through... This episode is going to be basically the past of wrestling. Um, next month, when it's my episode again, we're going to go through the present of wrestling. And then okay. the month after that, we're going to do the future of wrestling. And we'll explain Ooh. those as we go on. But we basically watched some older wrestling these days um we watch stuff from let me do a quick a very quick jaunt through the history of professional yeah. wrestling and i will get to right where we are okay so in whatever bc the greeks invent <laughs> wrestling <laughs> oh, this is Ma since man stood up on two feet he has wrestled with other uh, men but no but no <laughs> The word gymnasium literally means naked place. Then you know what? In the I'm nude. amazed. God, who's Jim? <laughs> the first guy to come up with uh, wrestling. He didn't want to. Where's his nasium? Yeah, this is my. This is Jim's nasium. <laughs> Jim, this is my nasium. Standing How naked is... in a field. Yeah, my nasium. 
dude, it, cocaine, cocaine business idea. Buying a gym and calling it Gymnasium. We have to we do it. We need a gym. <laughs> exactly. I guess we're buying Buy one. Gym. It's, it's perfect. All right, perfect. All right, All right from now um, on, Brian is Jim. <laughs> well, the next episode, it's going to be... <laughs> Hi, this is Taylor. I'm your co-host, Jim. And <laughs> uh, basically, professional wrestling comes about in the 20th century, sort of beginning of the 20th century, where initially it actually was fully a real wrestling contest. These would happen at fairs, at carnivals, wherever, and strong dudes would just wrestle each other, right? But wrestling each other, you know, night after night, town after town, going with a carnival, hurts a lot. Like, it's very strenuous. You get very tired. You get very tired. So at a certain point, one of them goes to the other one and goes, look, we're going to be doing this for a while. Why not, like, this time, I'll let you win. If we go easy, we just take it easy on each other, and we'll make it look whatever, but you, you'll win. How about that? You can win this time, right? And he goes... So we don't yeah, actually a, know the first two people to have this conversation. That's a pretty... I don't... Uh, there isn't like a veteran a, a veteran Wright. wrestlers historians probably know who like the first major one to do it was, but I do not. I am not that much of a Abraham wrestling Lincoln. historian. Abraham Lincoln was a wrestler, but not a professional. <laughs> um, little known fact: he set up a, a ring inside of the White House and wrestled senators to go yeah. over if bills would be passed or not. <laughs> the Oval Office for his entire presidency was just known as the ring. Exactly. Literally. <laughs> the ring exactly but so they basically start fixing matches so that they can take it easier on it so they don't have to go through all the pains of actually wrestling so nobody's gambling on these and then eventually well basically eventually what happened was promoters got in on it and owners got in on it and they started making a business out of it they would definitely collect (laughs) bets on shit and call the you know that sort of shit um but eventually it got more and more popular. Territories started getting set up. In the 70s and early 80s, the U.S. was pretty much set up like little fiefs. Like there were little shogunates of wrestling promotions. Ooh. There was like the WWWF in New York and the Upper Northeast. There was Mid-South Championship Wrestling. There was uh, World Class Championship Wrestling. All these kind of different little territories, right? And then in 19 in the 1980s, a guy named Vincent Kennedy McMahon. That guy was purchases. destined for greatness. What was that <laughs> exactly. name again? Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Oh yeah. God, exactly. those Kennedys, um, man. He buys <laughs> Kennedy, 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 Kennedy. <laughs> he buys the WWWF from his father, Vincent J. McMahon. Um and basically Vince was a young upstart and he wanted to be successful in one of these things. And the rest of the territories were kind of in an agreement. Like, they were a cabal. They were a, you know, territory. They were a group. They had a council. They decided who the champion was, all that sort of stuff, right? And older Vince is like, young Vince, don't go nuts. Everything's good the way it is. Like, don't be all crazy, right? And he goes, I totally won't be crazy and do everything, right? He goes, okay, you can have the business now. I'm getting older. Here you go. Well, he literally he goes, buys Thanks, it from Dad. Him, right? And he pulls every star that's <laughs> in the fucking continental United States under his promotion umbrella and rips apart 
every fucking territory until only the WWF really remains. There is another company that survives because of Ted Turner, and I'll get to that in a hot second. But basically, in the 80s, Vince McMahon holds the world of wrestling in his hands. And thus, what we know as professional wrestling today is really born. Because TV explodes, pay-per-view explodes. The WWF is everywhere, right? In the 80s, it's totally killing it with a guy you might know as Hulk Hogan. How Big old yellow... is that guy? Good God. He's 60-something. He's I only 60-something? Let me look him up right now. I'm going <clears> to <throat> I'm gonna look up Hulk Hogan, which, uh, according to him, might have a younger age than Terry Bollea, the actual guy. But, Wait, uh, Hulk Hogan is... is not his actual name? His, name his real name is Hogan? Terry Bollea. His real name is Terry Bollea, and do you what? know why we know that? What? Do you know why we know that? I don't know. Because Someone like stole his social security card? Because of that I'm... porno. <laughs> yes, bingo, correct yes. once again. Jorge holds on to his championship belt. <laughs> Wait, Hulk Hogan's in a porn? Yeah, Hulk dude. Hulk Hogan had a, leaked, had a leaked sex tape, and he sued and got a bunch of money from Gawker because oh, I did hear they about illegally... This. Yeah. yeah, that whole thing. Uh, Hulk Hogan is 65. Do we know the exact year that somebody accidentally left him out in the sun? <laughs> so, uh, when, in the in the history of wrestling here, yes. when is it that Andy Kaufman, the comedian, starts wrestling women on national television as a bit? That is actually a bit earlier. Because he does that in, I believe he does that in Mid-South Wrestling with a guy named Jerry the King Lawler. He has the famous guy he has the match with where he gets the pile driver and he looks like he breaks his neck and he fucking gets sent out on a stretcher. Cool. Um, yeah, but early in the 80s, Andy Kaufman was the, he claimed himself the intergender wrestling champion. And he would just pick women out of a crowd and just actually <laughs> wrestle them. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. It's, uh, it's if you so haven't ridiculous. seen it, Man on the Moon, the Jim Carrey yeah. playing Andy Kaufman, such a funny scene to watch Jim Carrey be like noodly around and just wrestling big women for like <laughs> full five minutes of this movie. <laughs> what the, the fuck the, am I the watching? The funny thing, the funny thing about that is how much it actually like meshes together with pro wrestling. Like Andy Kaufman was essentially doing pro wrestling in the comedy world, like. He knew he was working the crowd. Like, he knew he was faking, that that wasn't him. But nobody else really knew if it was real or not. And that's how, in the 70s and 80s, wrestling was portrayed. Like, I was telling you guys this early, but I'll tell everybody now. Um, I was listening to an interview with an old school manager, and he was like, I remember when I got stabbed at the Mid-South Coliseum. Like, I remember when a fan... We got the fans so mad that we had to run out of the building without changing to get to our cars so that nobody could shoot us or stab out our tires or, like, mob kill. Like, there were mobs. Insane. People were just, yeah. Insane. like Insane. It was ridiculous. Um, but the 80s go by. Uh, Vince McMahon gets all the success. Hulk Hogan gets all the success. Blah, blah, blah. Everything's, wrestling's everywhere, right? And then in the early 90s, Hulk Hogan's still on top and everybody's like, okay, we get it. Can somebody else be champion? And okay, Hulk Hogan's kind of boring now because he's doing the same shtick. And oh, I'm the cream of the crop. Ju- that's I'm Randy Savage. Randy Savage. Like that's Randy cream. Savage. And he was never old. He was always great. And Wait, that's a, that's a different guy? Okay. So, wow, oh, dude, you've been quoting you know that forever. 
I will tell I will tell this bit of this. So basically, short short version of the history Taylor's so I can get through right it, now. and then I'll and then I'll go back to that. Right? <laughs> no, there's just I have never there has never been such a visible and present part of pop culture that I am so absolutely ignorant of. He was like, the it, Slim Jim guy. Clashes yeah, with my vision of reality. Taylor's just thinking he about was bone every saw time in Spider Man. Oh my god! Wait, but that that's is Macho the same Man guy? Right? That's Macho Man Randy Savage. You're Let going nowhere. Let me do the history, and then I will get back to Macho and Man. That's a different guy than that. Hulk Hogan. Okay. <laughs> okay. The 90, early 90s, wrestling starts going into a huge slump. Everybody gets bored of it. It's all neon 90 cartoon characters, and everybody's like, this sucks. This is stupid and boring and dumb, and I don't like it anymore. So everybody starts leaving. Just And nobody's watching wrestling. It fucking sucks. It's terrible. So in the mid to late 90s, I can't, Taylor still has like a shocked look where he's like, oh my God, Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> well, just the fact that this is an empire which has risen and fallen just several times that just, what the, I, I didn't catch it on any of its iterations. Having an existential crisis. Um, in the late, okay, mid to late 90s, Vince McMahon is like, this bullshit, I got to save the wrestling business because mm-hmm. it's my business. Mm-hmm. And he kicks off an edgier, cooler, new product and that kicks off the Attitude Era, which basically- oh, wrestling from... is it wrestling. I watched that video. Yeah. So from <laughs> 1996 to about 2001 is probably the hottest period of wrestling that will ever exist. Like, because they had mainstream TV this time. Like, now everybody knew this. Everybody knew who Stone Cold Steve Austin was. Everybody knew who The Rock was. Even- Hulk Hogan got a makeover in WCW and became all evil and a bad guy. And everybody was like, I fucking hate Hulk Hogan. Wait, 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 wait. WCW? Is this a different thing? WCW was a rival promotion that was happening at the same time in the 90s as the WWF. And they They were... They stole Hulk Hogan for a little while, right? They stole a lot of old WWF wrestlers. And that was kind of their gimmick. Like, they would basically, Mm -hmm. when a wrestler retired from WWF, they'd be like hey, here's a big fat contract. You still have star power. Let's come milk you over here and then send you on your way to your nice house in Atlanta or Tampa. Those um, dudes are too like big and bulgy to talk about milking them. Dude. <laughs> All you would get is steroids out of them. You wouldn't get anything else. You wouldn't get any milk. You wouldn't get anything else. But basically, so that's the hottest period of wrestling. 2001, it kind of cools down again, and it's been in this weird place ever since. I think nowadays, because of the kind of memeiness and because of, like, the cult sort of aspect of it, wrestling is making a comeback in the hipster kind of community. A couple things like that. People, again, people who watched it when they were kids, grown up into their 20-somethings now, are like, no, wrestling's still cool. I like it. Uh, And that's where we're at. But we're talking about the Attitude Era. Those are the matches that we watched to prep these guys for this episode. Now I will go back. <laughs> this episode is a fucking mess because I got to explain everything. Well, yeah. Cause you know, I'm just, mm-hmm, okay. So Hulk Hogan was the man. Hulk Hogan was, <laughs> Hulk Hogan was like, everybody looked at him and was like, he's able, right? He's the good brother. He's the best one. Everybody likes him. Right. And, Macho Man Randy Savage, who was, like, the number two guy. He always played a heel. He always played a bad guy. He was always his thing. He was always like, oh, that's probably Kane. That's in that sort of line. Actually, it was the reverse. (laughs) 
because Hulk Hogan was a huge asshole backstage and wouldn't let anybody else beat him. And Macho Man Randy Savage was the wrestler that everybody else in the locker room, pretty much, you know, on television, knew was like the better wrestler, a more interesting talker, a more interesting personality, a cooler guy, like all these sort of things, right? Yeah, because he would say wackadoo shit. That promo, the thing you're talking about with the cream of the crop, the, ooh, yeah, I'm the cream of the crap, can't be, st-, that sort of thing. <laughs> he was so good at promos, which is that, it was promoting yourself. People would give him stuff from catering or random stuff and give it to him and go, make that, put that in your promo that you're going to do on not live national television. And he awesome. did. That's why he has the creamer in that cream of the crop promo because somebody was like, take that. He's like, I can make something out of this. And he would just be like, I'm the cream. Like it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. He did him and Hulk Hogan, I think sniffed a continent's worth of cocaine off of a table uh, with how <laughs> insane their promos were. I I will say I, I'm thankful for Hulk Hogan because without him, I wouldn't have been able to finish watching gremlins too. <laughs> That's like, you got to Okay, there. Footnote. Footnote. <laughs> okay, footnote. I don't remember this, dude. It's yeah, like, so uh, Gremlins 2, the new batch. The Gremlins take over the cinema that's playing the movie Gremlins 2 I wanted, to you. I wanted to say Nakatomi Plaza for a hot second, but that's not right. Yeah, and uh, they fuck up hard. the video, but in yes. the theater that exists behind the fourth wall, uh, Hulk Hogan is in the audience watching the movie, <laughs> and he forces the Gremlins to, to fix it and put it back on so that you can finish watching oh. the movie. It's absolutely incredible. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen. <laughs> I have no idea how I forgot that interlude. We watched yeah. Gremlins 2 because, together. Because I watch it every single New Year's Day. I watch Gremlins for Christmas and Gremlins 2 for New Year's. Because okay. they sing that song at oh, the end, which I don't actually God. think has anything to do with New Year's, but it feels like New Year's. Probably doesn't. Wait. So in the in the wrestling yes. thing that we watched, WrestleMania 13, is either Randy Savage or Hulk Hogan in it? No. No, we are what? in. So you know, there's a lot the, of wrestlers, right? Apparently, so I'm literally learning wait, 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 this wait, in hold real on, time on. with you. How many? I how many pro like wrestlers eight. do you think there are? At any given time, I thought there was like eight. Oh man! Oh, oh my buddy. god, Taylor! Oh, god. <laughs> there's so many wrestlers. I could spend uh, if we wanted to make this episode like an hour and a half long. I could spend the next hour just reciting names of wrestlers. Can you just, Let's can not. you just like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Can you just lick off a few of those for me? Uh, it, so in the, what era? Like the 80s era that Hulk Hogan was in? Let's like that time? Just do some good, some funny names. Anywhere from attitude before or after. Okay. Um, so weird names were, <laughs> so people who were actually kind of famous. Uh, there was Macho Man Randy Savage. There was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. There was Brutus the Barber Beefcake. There was Greg the Hammer Valentine. There was King Kong Bundy, One Man Gang. Um, (laughs) In the the early 90s, they got a lot of job-related ones. So there was the Goon, who was a hockey player. There was Duke the Dumpster Drossy, who was a garbage man. Can we play Two Truths and a Lie? And then put a name. Oh, yeah. Honest to God, I want to see if I can nail out which one of these wackadoo goofball herd nerdler names. Okay, okay. Give me give me a hot second. Give me a hot second because I want to find another. I have one of the names already. Um, so while he's and then I'll yeah while he's doing that um, yeah, the ahead. the wrestling matches that we watched the first one was between Stone Cold Steve Austin and who was the other guy? 
Brett the Hitman Hart. Brett the Hitman Hart. And that match was fucking awesome because they went like that into the cool. crowd. They dropped each other on their balls like 20 times. They... <laughs> it was a I quit match. The only way to win was by submitting your opponent. There was no pinfalls, no disqualifications. They could do whatever they want. Yeah, and there was a, there was a gripping moment there at the end where... Uh, where the other guy was sitting on some called Steve Austin doing the uh, say uncle bit, and he was like pushing, lifting him his whole body up, doing like the most intense push up ever, and it looked like he was gonna get out, and then he passed out from the pain, and it was so awesome. But he ne- but he, he won because the referee stopped the match, but he never quit. He wasn't he a quitter. Quit. All right, so I got I got my names. <laughs> we'll All right, let's let's play through this, and then I'm gonna find talk. out. Let's see. Which one of which one of these isn't actually a wrestler? Okay. Okay. Erwin <laughs> R. Shyster. Yakazuma. Or Doink the Clown. Oh no, dude! I was gonna Are go with whatever the third option was, but kidding me? That. W- Two of those are real things? It's Yakazuma's fake. Those, Yakazuma's fake. Two of those are real. What's your guess, Taylor? The first one is fake. You think Erwin R. Scheister is fake? <laughs> yes. And you think Yakazuma is yeah. fake, Jorge? Yeah. <laughs> three for three for Jorge. He is Woo! correct. What? Yakazuma is fake. The actual, I'm dead serious. The one I based that off of was a sumo wrestling character named Yokozuna. I, so I assumed I it was because you were just thinking about uh, the tower. That's also f- <laughs> that's a pretty damn it. That was good. Yeah. Good use of context. Clues. That's, a, that's my but psychology yes. bachelor's at work uh, again. <laughs> yes, Taylor. Erwin R. Scheister, <laughs> a.k.a. Wait, a.k.a. IRS. That's a little anti-Semitic. You should have seen wait, that coming a mile he was, away. Yeah. Taylor, Taylor, he was a wrestling what? Like a, think of a job. Tax he was man? a wrestling what? Was his occupation. I've actually read about him. Now that I, now that you mentioned the IRS, mm-hmm. tax is a wrestling tax man. He was a wrestling accountant. <laughs> he he would wears like a talk, suit, right? He, he wears like a suit. He has like a a, a, a short sleeve button down shirt and a tie. Which, by the way, because wrestlers aren't idiots, they would frequently use his tie against him to fucking like. <laughs> Hold him when he tried to run away and like choke him when he was getting like uppity with them. I'm just so. imagining Bill Parr, Mr. Incredible, at the beginning of the first Incredibles yes. movie. That's, That's what, he what looks this like, guy yeah. is to me. Who was the third guy? Doink the clown. <laughs> Doink the cl- I couldn't, like, I, I wasn't going to fall for it. I know you picked that as the third one because it's the most. <laughs> like that was totally yeah, that one was clearly real. Ridiculous real. name. I was a little worried you were Doink. using reverse psychology by going the extra mile. That it was mile. so insane that I could exactly. But, uh, um, Doink, Doink actually was a bad guy for quite a <laughs> while and had and had legitimately like pants shittingly terrifying music where it, like it would start out like clown music and then it would go into like this la, weird la, like yeah la, like la, unsettling la, like <laughs> keyboard thing. And you're like I don't like this is scary. <laughs> but since it was 1992, they didn't like go full out like horror clown he just played pranks on people like squirted water out of a fake flower uh-huh, in his jacket uh-huh, uh-huh. Threw confetti on wrestlers and tripped them with a trip wire yeah. so what i wanted <laughs> to talk about was the the second match we watched was between the undertaker yes. who is leader of a cult and like from hell and can summon demons <laughs> and shit and he's fighting his 
presumed dead brother Kane, who is a demon. <laughs> so it seems like it would be. I mean, mo- for most of it, it was exactly what I was looking for because yeah. So like, I basically, I basically tried to show you guys two matches that exemplified like the strengths of how to do pro wrestling. The first one was basically in ring quality work, right? Like that was about just a good story in the ring. Two wrestlers being technically proficient, brutal, savage, good, like, wrestling, yeah. right? The one we're talking about is all just 100% story. Yeah, because you can, all like, drama, shoot lightning. And it, all the <laughs> it was super awesome, but uh, exactly. I didn't love the fighting that much. And there's, like, exactly. something that I, I read that they talked because I did a fair amount of reading on The Undertaker, and there's, like, one of the things he does is not sell moves like Correct. because his whole thing is that he's not even getting hurt by people he's undead like yeah he, he, why would he be hurt but like, both him and kane were doing that which like significantly reduced the intensity mm-hmm. of the fight um, it makes it yeah. a little so they just yeah. dropped each other first... on their heads a few times and then it was over because <laughs> in that yeah in that first match that we watched between who bret hart and stone cold steve austin stone cold steve austin and bret hart so many times because we all watched it together then we're like oh my god it's so (laughs) real just like i'm gonna like beat you with a chair in the balls again i'm gonna Mm -hmm. stamp on your literal balls again there was so much ball play in this goddamn match (laughs) there's no play there's no play (laughs) like it hurt to watch like anyone who ever said wrestling isn't real is an absolute chacharoonie who does never watch (laughs) fucking professional wrestling because damn, I hurt watching that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm a little disappointed in in the Undertaker's wrestling style cuz like storyline-wise he's obviously my favorite, but It's incredible. Might, it's an A+. Plus. Yeah, I might need to continue my search for my for my absolute favorite wrestler. I was going to We First of all, Undertaker has better matches out there. Like mm-hmm. he if he works with a better wrestler, like, I don't want to say better wrestler cuz Kane became a better wrestler later. It just took him a while. Like, took him a while. He wasn't. He was younger-ish at the time. Um. So that it kind of whatever. But Bret Hart and Stone Cold, especially in that time, were like one and three of the best wrestlers on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like. The I think number two was Shawn Michaels, who <laughs> who was called I believe they referenced it in either one of the uh, promo packages before the matches where they mentioned Shawn Michaels, but they called him the boy toy and the <laughs> sexy boy. <laughs> is Shawn Michaels Shawn Michael- the one from that Triple H is with at the beginning? In in wrestling line? isn't wrestling. Yeah. Yes. By the way, I'm going to a complete free promo. I don't care whatever. Max Landis, who's a son of writer, director, son of John Landis, um also is a huge fan of wrestling it turns out. Yes. And made a 20-minute video called Wrestling Isn't Wrestling that basically explains like 20 years of a story arc in simpler terms for people. Go watch it if you want to understand yeah, and uh, the coolness of wrestling. I know Max Landis for directing Chronicle, which was dope, mm-hmm. and I know his father yes. from directing uh, An American Werewolf in London, which is dope. Which is so dope. Yeah. Um. So Taylor, how how long do you think the the timeline of that story spanned for Triple H that is described in that video? Um, a season. 
It's 20 years, dude. 20 years. My 20 years of content. God. My. Yes. God. Yes. My. Okay. Yes. So before this, my only experience with pro wrestling was watching the first season of Glow uh, with yeah. Allison Brie and what's the act? Uh, Mark Macron. Mark Marin. Mark Marin. Mark Marin, uh, the comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is dope. Also, you should watch it. And that is, for me, a much more palatable way into pro wrestling. Like, yeah. I feel like it's pro wrestling adjacent enough. But, you know, there's comedy and good, compelling It's still like a show with and dramas shit. and characters outside of the ring. And then they use that as a backdrop. Yeah. And my least favorite part of GLOW is when they actually start wrestling. Um, <laughs> well, they're not. Are you going to say they're not wrestlers because they're yes! women? Way to go, Brian. No, I'm going to say they're not wrestlers because most of the actresses are not wrestlers. One of them actually is a pretty famous former pro wrestler, cool. but she retired at that point. Um, Welfare Queen on that show is oh. a former professional wrestler. She used to go by um, Awesome Kong. Fuck yeah. Slash Amazing That's Kong. That's awesome. And her finisher. <laughs> so I... I I was going to get it. We'll get into these in a hot second because I have vocabulary terms. I want to see what you guys think and try to guess what they mean for wrestling. But um, Awesome Kong's finisher was called the Implant Buster. (laughs) Do you know why it was called? Do you know why it was called the Implant Buster? Punch you in the boobs. Because you drop them on their boobs. boobs. Because she dropped a girl one time and it busted her implant. Oh, like actually? Yes, but like actually. So afterwards, so they called it the implant buster. <laughs> is it like damn. the Jason Voorhees throwing around somebody in a sleeping bag boob? Did she just grab them by the legs and like, <laughs> um, she whip them whip out them. like a rug. She basically hooks their arms and she lifts them up so that they're upside. Like, you remember how the tombstone looked, yeah. Jorge? Yeah. Flip them around so that they're both facing the same way. Yeah. And then she slams them forward onto their stomach. Cool. And then so she busted the girl's implant. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but. Oh, my God. Wrestling was born in carnivals. And it was born by carnies, right? Like, it was born by people in carnivals who were weird and always Brian, had their own you could literally talk. tell me. You could tell me any story, and I would believe you right <laughs> of now. Course. So, yeah. So, carnies what I'm actually, made wrestling. Sure. What I'm actually going to do and is. And their friends, the, the Scooby-Doo gang with the Kennedys. It was actually helped. a Bolshevik Whatever you creation tell me, in their propaganda board. that became real. No. <laughs> so, yes, Taylor, carnies. I'm not making it up. Carnies did make wrestling, and they usually have, like, a language Oh yeah. They use different words for different things, right? There's even a Wikipedia article about it. It's called it has a name, right? Like Carney Talker. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um pro wrestling has its own set of those code words and stuff because initially they were trying to fool the telegram service so that they could send messages to each other about what they were like what the finish was for a match without letting anybody on the telegram service know what they were talking about. It looked like gibberish to them. So I'm going to go through a couple that have survived now and are used commonly. Mm-hmm. And I want you guys to guess what you think they mean, right? Okay. Okay. All right. So we'll start. I can already with- tell where I'm going to be deficient in this. <laughs> because like, you're going to say something like, uh, it's going to be called the paralyzer. Like, oh, because he like breaks his leg, so he's paralyzed? Well, actually. No. <laughs> and it's going to be something insane and ridiculous. Like, it has to be done with two potting plants and a step stool. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. That they do right. love to use step stools. Stairs, really. 
the steps. Stairs yeah, are steps. preferable yeah, these days, but step stools, I'm sure, were like, okay. For the love of God, could you like bolt those stairs together so you don't end up breaking someone's kidneys <laughs> wide open? <laughs> you got to show how strong the wrestler is to be able to break off the bolting of the stairs, Taylor. <laughs> um, all right, so the first one I'm going to give you is Babyface. It's a the Greenhorns new new newbie. <laughs> Interesting, Taylor. Uh, it sounds like a move to me where you kick <laughs> with the point of your boot right up, like underneath his testes, into his into his pooper hole, and he goes oh, and it like a little baby squeal. I do I do want to I want to change mine. That Taylor's made me think it's like when you're when you're selling a move with your face by making it look like it really really hurt. The uh, honestly, <laughs> okay, a baby face is a good guy, is a hero Damn. character, a guy, a baby face, a clean cut, good looking zero on this entire face. fucking thing. No, I there's a chair of quality to baby faces. That's a chair. They're a good guy. That's a good for, person. It's a cute big old cheeks. They would, that gets shortened to face a lot of the times. Cool. But so baby face is a good guy. What is a heel? Bad guy. The bad guy. There we go. Very good. Very good. Um, what is a mark? Audience member. Taylor? Oh, Jorge said it with just such confidence. I know it's going to be right. It's an audience member. You're half right. It is an audience member who believes fully in what is happening. Oh. Is falling for the root. What's an S mark? Smart or smart. Do you have my list in front of you? No, no, but I read that somewhere where I was reading about and I didn't a know. A smark, a smark is short form for what we would call a smart mark, aka someone who knows it's fake and is still being duped because they think they know what's going on. Oh, cool. So that's a lot of people who read the internet and stuff and like post on the internet, uh, read the forums and read all the dirt sheets, read all like these things, but then go like, I can't believe Hulk Hogan did that. He was so whatever. And it's like, you're, you know, like you heard this thing about backstage and you think you know what you're mm-hmm. talking about, but you're still just a Mark. Mark actually is a full carny term that came from the fact that they would, when, um, when people were walking around carnivals, people who were falling for games initially, people who uh-huh. were falling for tricks, who yeah, easily like bamboozled, men. they would yeah, put a mark. a mark on them. Oh, and carnies oh, would see that. it. Exactly. And they would go, oh, we can exploit that guy. Let's lure him over here. So it's the same thing. It's someone who would fall for wrestling. I'm learning a lot today. Right? Yeah. What is heat? Hmm. Heat. It is the uh, increased activity at the atomic level. <laughs> uh, I was going to Well, you got to keep the heat up, like the, the audience excited, like get the, get the mood up. Exactly. Heat is yeah. audience interaction it can be good or bad you can be you can as a baby face you can have heat where everyone like you're hot you're literally you're hot like everybody's loving your stuff and stuff and as a villain you get heat as a heel you get heat you get the audience to boo you you get the audience to hate you you get the audience wanting to stab you (laughs) like i I think i'm a natural born pro wrestler watcher i was gonna say you could you could could be you could be a manager or something you could but you could work Hmm. a promo or something what is a work a work. Like working. The entire match is the work. As if like a piece of performance art. The work. Uh, 
Yeah, just Jorge? just to try something different because I I agree with Taylor on that, but uh, maybe what you do to get the heat started. Taylor, it, both are technically correct. Taylor is the th- like more of the thing. Working is yes. the fake part of wrestling, the pulling your punches, the stomping uh, on the mat so that you make the sound. I, I did really enjoy watching for the stomping. Yes, right? I yeah. didn't notice a single bit of it. I thought oh, it dude, was it entirely was every, real. It's, it's, it doesn't really ruin it if no. you're looking for it, but like it's everywhere. <laughs> um, now, what is a shoot? Is that like the, the opposite of a ladder? Not a. <laughs> is it is it like the uh, the normal wrestling term shoot where you like shoot for their legs? It comes from that. I've got a different or idea. You shoot when Go they're ahead. coming at your legs. Is that what it is? It's one Taylor? of those. It's something like that. It's, you you shoot a double you, leg or you shoot a single leg. Yeah. When you dive down onto the mat between your opponent's legs and you turn around really fast <laughs> so you can get underneath <laughs> of them. <laughs> And like wheelbarrow them or like hit the backs of their knees so they fall on top of you right onto your fist where your their balls are or something. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I don't know like if that. that's right, but I feel like there's definitely a term for that. Maybe not with the ball say, busting finisher, but But there's gotta be something for what you just said. A shoot is anything that is not a work. It's real. Like if I like oh dang, shoot. Like if you and if if Taylor and I hated each other, right? Re, like we personally, Taylor and I hated uh-huh. each other, and our character, we were working a match together, and I started punching Taylor for real. That's a shoot. We're really fighting at that point. Like cool. so it's not this, we're not fucking like it's not a joke anymore. Like the Mountain a, Goats work. have that song uh, on their album beat the champ for an object which is yes. the only one on that that i understand is this is that a part, like dramatizing a shoot i'm gonna stab you in the eye with a foreign object uh it could be but not necessarily because as we saw in bret hart versus stone cold steve austin you can work with steel chairs and ring bells and foreign objects and still be working like you don't have to be in a shoot fight with your opponent to be doing that. You know what I mean? But they would probably work out really well if you got into a shoot fight with an opponent. Having a foreign object in your hand would be very helpful. <laughs> yeah, in this match that we watched, Stone Cold Steve Austin is literally covered in blood. Uh, by yeah, the it's crazy. The it's is just absolutely It crazy. looks like a tie-dye of red and white. Yeah. There is so much goddamn blood everywhere. And Brian, you mentioned something that I thought I heard again. Like, what's the deal with the razor blade? Oh, this was going to say, this is my next one, and I'll just explain it. A blade job, blading or a blade job, is where a wrestler, you know the wrist tape they have? The wristband, like all that stuff, right? Inside of it, they usually tuck a one side, like a razor blade, like a single razor blade in there. And during the match, if they want the match to be more dramatic, more violent, more whatever, they will pull that out while they're on the ground selling where they're on the ground going, Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm dead or whatever. Right. And the other guy's gloating up there. So the audience is distracted. They will pull off part of the tape and they'll take out the blade and they will cut into the top, lightly cut into the top of their forehead. So they get blood coming down from whatever proposed punch or slam or whatever. Yeah. How, how is that sane? It's not safe. It's could be a real problem. (laughs) 
Did they? Can they uh, still do that? Is that still a thing? Uh, they're not really. Um, because of the idea that sometimes wrestling is PG. Uh-huh. Sometimes it is. I don't think it is anymore. But like, they since it doesn't, it you know turns off advertisers. They don't really do it anymore. The only this is another term. The only way that people are technically like free from consequences for bleeding is if they bleed hard way, which is you really start bleeding. Like something actually mm. busts your head and you start bleeding from it. Um, then it's like we, you couldn't help it. You just started bleeding. Yeah. Um, but blading is, but I don't know. Their, their policy on blood these days is a little iffy. I'm imagining what the the advertisers must have thought where, you know, they just blood everywhere. These two dudes in tights screaming at each other and it cuts to like a Tide commercial. It's just like, oh, God. Look, look, man. For all the messes your kids get into, whether they're emulating what they see on television or whatever. By Tide. This is what I was going to say. During the Attitude Era, which is the time when we were, the two matches we watched were from, Blood was completely fine. They allowed blood. They allowed blading. They let all that stuff, right? Their advertisers were okay, and they were very popular, but these days they have, like, Snickers and right. Taco Bell and, like, Bur- they have, like, Nike. You know, they have big names with their stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They have, like, tap. They have random shit that's actually big. They're not fans of blood. <laughs> they don't like it at all. They like a family-friendly, you know, more family oh, friendly yeah. show no i want the so, imagining that hard cut from you know just oh and finally you know, mm-hmm. just straight in the balls again hard cut yeah, to want that th- snickers commercial happy peanut sore <laughs> over chocolate covered mountain tops and like yeah it's just like i would exactly. love that tonal whiplash yeah, see, I think I think I missed my time because I want them dropping each other on the balls and fucking yeah. just the <laughs> ring soaked in blood. Like that's that's you, the way you need you need the WWE Network so you can go back and wa- like relive all of that hardcore <laughs> nonsense. Um, the last uh, term I have is kind of the like a big term, but what do you guys think kayfabe is? Oh, uh, kayfabe, kayfabe. Kinky and fabulous. Kayfabe. <laughs> Describes a lot of these costumes. I was going to say that, you know, in one way, you're just, that's so on the nose and correct with wrestling, but. Is it when they bring real conflicts from their real lives into the part of the show? You've actually got it a little backwards. Kayfabe is the world of the show. Kayfabe is saying that. The Undertaker is an undead wizard who killed his family burning down a funeral parlor. Kayfabe is saying that Kane and Undertaker are brothers. So what? why is it called that? It was a butch... I'm dead serious. It was butchered pig Latin for fake that wrestlers <laughs> initially used to describe the fact of how their show was. And it just stuck on through the fucking years... Because of course it did. Because it's really hard to forget a word like kayfabe. Yep. I don't know how you would get rid of it. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So yeah. with the with the kinky and fabulous thing, there is a thing I want to talk about really quick. Sure. Um, Brian, are we? Is that the is that the last term that you have? Because I don't. Those, that was my list off. of okay. Those were like okay the primer of wrestling terms. 
So the, the amount of crossover that I'm beginning to realize between something like professional wrestling mm-hmm. and consensual, like kinkier sexual activity <laughs> is oh my like, God. first of all, it is fake, but people are getting hurt. You're in funny costumes and way more leather than is permissible on a day function. You put it and, this way. You know, <laughs> you put it this and way. It's, yeah. You know and where it's get go- off on this. You know where it's going to go. You know where it's going to go fake. with a it's, little bit of ball torture. It's not, it's not fake because you're doing the stuff to each other, <clears throat> but you know where this is going to end up. And everybody's okay with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we are. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm crossing it over. Yeah. I, I treat it, I treat it like, especially these days, I treat it like a TV show. Kayfabe is Daenerys Targaryen. Kayfabe is Jon Snow. Like, they're not actually these people, but they pretend they are for weeks on end and do all these things together and have all these stories and dramas and hatreds and likes of each other. And it's completely different from the real life. It's the exact same thing with professional wrestling. One of the things, uh, one thing that ended I just, up happening. I can't imagine Kit Harrington separating himself from Jon Snow too much. I, like, <laughs> I don't know why I think Kit Harrington is always his character from The Deadliest Match, that tennis movie they made. What was that called? Oh, The, the, the uh, Seven Days in Hell. Seven Days in Hell, yeah, where he plays this absolute dumbass who just says, indubitably. A lot, oh just trying to make God. himself sound smart. But I just like he did it so well. Then we're like, oh wait, uh, Kit Harrington, you are just a real dummy, dummy, boom, boom in real life. <laughs> I mean, he plays characters that way. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's like, ah, oh, Jon Snow, you know nothing. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. because you know he says indubitably all the time, and he's a dummy, dummy, boom, boom. <laughs> like, this isn't acting. It's just Kit Harrington, Jon Snow. Holy shit! It is just Kit Harrington, Jon Snow, and that's fine. But that's what happens sometimes with professional wrestlers. Sometimes wrestlers are just... Sometimes wrestlers are wacky weirdos like Kane, The Undertaker, Isaac Yankum, DDS, Erwin R. Scheister. Isaac Yankum? DDS. He was an evil dentist. Oh, okay. Pulling his teeth, not pulling... He was Jerry the King Lawler's (laughs) evil dentist... Who he brought into the WWF to beat up Bret Hart. Sorry, t- spoiler alert: Bret Hart beat him because he's a dentist. <laughs> Taylor, could you finish that thought you were gonna have? Could you just yeah? Okay, could you just finish uh, it. The yanking what? Yanking yanking your chain because we all know that this is fake. <laughs> and Steve Martin, as Coward. the dentist from Little Shop, comes out you know with his pair of pliers that are I'm imagining four times larger so that you can see them from the audience and just they're guard they're just like dentist and then you know he gets the shit beaten out of him by Stone Cold Steve Austin exactly <laughs> by the way um fun fact the guy who played Isaac Yankum DDS went on to play Kane what oh my yes. god Kane in a former life was Isaac Yankum DDS Damn, I thought you were going to say he went on to actually be a dentist. No. <laughs> oh. He went on to play, no. you know, like the lead in Little Shop. Actually, so when The Undertaker was looking for a manager in the early 90s, he had one, but it was kind of like a short, it was always going to be a short-term deal, right? They needed someone for the long term. So when you guys met him, yeah. a guy named Paul Bearer, right? Mm-hmm. The guy who plays Paul Bearer, I believe his name's William Moody. But he, he actually originally went by Percy Pringle. But Percy, 
Uh, Paul Paul Bearer in real life during the interview for it, he was like, "Yeah, I've been a wrestling manager, or whatever." And they're like, "Can you work with this guy, The Undertaker?" And he's like, "Actually, I work at a funeral home. I'm a mortician in real life." Oh damn! So he was a mortician in what? real life, and then he became this fake, you know, Paul Bearer for The Undertaker. There's actually they did a skit with Stone Cold one time where they brought him to a mortuary, you know, a funeral parlor. Uh, um, mortician's office, a mortuary, I don't know. But they brought him there, and Paul Bear has, like, his apron and gloves on for being, like, a real mortician. Oh they were going to embalm Stone Cold Steve Austin alive. Yes. And, <laughs> like, because <laughs> you gotta okay, get rid of it. What him. I'm imagining, because the wrestling never really seems to know where to draw the line between the oh, reality and the fake dude, stuff. Dude, they have that no taste. <laughs> Steve, Steve Austin comes in, like, yo, we're gonna do this sketch or whatever, but it's actually during someone's funeral, and he thinks <laughs> that they're all, like, Part of, the, part of the thing, yeah. So he just, oh, come at me, bitch! <laughs> he like knocks over caskets and I. Um, oh boy. So on, I'm gonna. This is. I don't know how this story is gonna go, but this. Is, oh my god, this actually happened, didn't so, it? That's, oh uh, no, it is, dude. It is. I'm dead serious. It's ten times worse. Oh my god. It is ten times worse. So what I was so the Attitude Era, the the thing that we're talking about with the Undertaker and Stone Cold and The Rock and Mankind and. Bret Hart, I need to learn Shawn more about Michaels, mankind. all these people, right? Um, you definitely do. After that, in like 2001, that era kind of ends. But the WWE is still trying to like push the envelope with their content, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work as well. <laughs> because times have started to, like it's already 2003 at this point. Like, you know, mm-hmm. p- tastes are changing, things are moving on. But they're trying to push it even farther than they did before. And there is a segment, Kane and Triple H get in a feud, right? Yeah. And Triple H is being this huge asshole, and he tells this story about Kane, which also retcons him again, where Kane was a teenager and got into a car wreck with a girl named Katie Vick, and she died in the car wreck, right? This is literally soap opera. Like, this is soap opera level nonsense. But... To further add insult to Kane and to enrage him before their match, Triple H films a skit at a funeral home with a fake corpse in a coffin that he is pretending to have sex with uh, while wearing while wearing a Kane mask. He he's wearing Kane's mask oh and he's talking. Yeah. By the way, so that's bad enough. That's bad enough, right? Fuck. That's bad enough. Because that was on television in real life. I remember seeing this with my own little boy eyes. This this image is seared in the back of my head forever. What's worse is Triple H talks about this later. Because he talks about how absolutely insane Vince McMahon is. Because Vince McMahon is the man behind the camera telling him, like, what to do and what to say and how to be with this fake corpse. They're in an actual funeral home. And Triple H talks about how... He was trying to be quiet, and Vince kept yelling at him to be louder, and he couldn't because there was a funeral oh going on in the next room. No. God. <laughs> so it's no. Ridiculous. Oh my Wrestling God. Is insane, <laughs> on screen and off. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can't. I can't with this shit, man. Like I, I was excited and worried and i didn't know where the line between theater and reality was when i was actually watching it but just like trying to wrap my head around it afterward i i i'm 
flustered. Like I, I'm wordless and flustered and I don't know my own emotions right now. How do you like this, Brian? I love it. It's so great. It seems pretty how dope, I, man. Dude, how could I not love it with the way you just sold it for me? Like you just sold you gave yeah, the biggest you're making it sound pretty, pretty good right now. But yes, so whatever. I think that's enough of the past. We got into you. a bizarre amount of history, a, a bizarre amount of times. Uh, next time I'm up, we're going to get into present day WWE, what they're doing now, who the big stars are, what wrestling is like, that sort of stuff. Okay. <laughs> Until then. Taylor needs a cigarette. And <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously, like a cigarette and someone to like talk about books or something for a second. <laughs> like, just, damn, like I just put me back in my element, please. Plato's gonna um, go read Aristotle just to get like decompressed from what he's just heard. Oh uh, boy, yeah. So I, uh, are we are we friends on this one? Uh, I'm gonna go with yeah. Ooh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I, I as much as I enjoyed y'all can fuck off with this one. Like as much as I enjoyed watching it during, I have just like I can feel my acid reflux coming from how like the anxiety of being so far out of my element. Like, what is happening? You know, so everyone heard that. No. If you disagree with Taylor, be sure to be mean on him. I mean yes. at him on social media. Let him know how wrong he is about his opinion. Yeah, we so come fight here. me on our social medias. Uh, they are both at Twitter and Instagram, at underscore are we friends, all one word. And I'll just come at me. Yeah, you can uh, verbally drop him on his balls. Come yes. on me. I mean, uh, at me. Um, <laughs> you can also find us on our website at r-we-friends.com, uh, where we specifically have a contact us page, where also I will engage verbally or typographically with you in a wrestler style yes and uh to follow suit with what we've been doing uh yes. for next week my uh so i recently had put in a grant proposal that i just found out was accepted so over the summer i'm going to be Ooh. building training a cooperative agent to play the nightmare on elm street for nintendo so for next week that's awesome i'm going to do the whole nightmare on elm street series so if you oh, don't want spoilers shit. for that, then you're going to have to watch them all by next week because I'm going to go through the whole thing. One, two, Jorge's coming for you. Oh, yeah. I am. Now you're incredibly excited, co-host Taylor. I'm your cream of the crop co-co-host, Brian. And I'm just Jorge. And we will talk to you next week.